Whether you're new to the Wiregrass area or you've been here your whole life, you're going to learn something new about the community. Hey, this is Bethany B, and this is episode 38 of Welcome to the Wiregrass. Today, my guest is Angie Casey. Hi, Angie. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing great. Great to be here. Glad to have you. Finally get to meet you. We've been emailing back and forth for a few weeks. Yes, we have. We have. (laughs) It's nice to finally be here. Thank you. (laughs) And I usually start off my podcast asking about the 411, just so I can get to know you just a little bit better Mm -hmm. other than in emails. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, let me see. I moved to Dothan, Alabama about 23 years ago with um, my two small children. They were kindergarten and first grade at the time. So um, we moved here. I moved here to take a job at WTBY TV. So I worked as a reporter and anchor there for about 13 years uh, before transitioning to uh, this job, the current job I have with Southeast Health Foundation. Um, almost 10 years ago. So um, we moved here. My children went through public school here in Dothan, Alabama. We were involved in church and community and a lot of other things. And they have since gotten their college degrees and moved on, one in Louisville, Kentucky, and one in Atlanta, Georgia. So a lot has changed since you moved here. That's right. It seems like a lifetime ago. (laughs) And where did you move from? I moved here from Jacksonville, Alabama. I had been there for a short while. That was actually my hometown, but I had lived in other places as well. Montgomery had been previous to that. So just jumped around a little bit all over the state for the most part before landing here in Dothan and actually um, didn't plan to stay this long, but it became home. It feels like home now, and it's the place my children call home. So it's a great community to raise children in and just to be a part of. A lot of people say, like, I didn't plan to be here this long, and then it just happens because it just feels like home. And how far away is Jacksonville, Alabama? Alabama is about four hours away, four hours north, 220 miles northeast of here. It's kind of right on the eastern side of the state, um, not far from the Georgia line. So um, kind of off I-20 between um, Birmingham and Atlanta. It's the home of Jacksonville State University. So some people may be familiar with that. (laughs) And then do you visit there still? Do you still have family that lives there? I have a brother and sister-in-law and their family who are still there. My parents have since passed. So um, don't get to to go as often as, as I used to. That's yeah. nice that you're not super far. So if you did need to go That's right. there, you can still visit and yeah. take a day trip. Yeah. And you work at Southeast Health Foundation as a special gifts officer. <laughs> can you explain your position? Sure, I can. It's um, special gifts officer. It's really just a development officer um, for the foundation. The foundation is the fundraising arm uh, for Southeast Health Medical Center and for ACOM, the Alabama College of Osteopathic Medicine. So we raise money um, to support programs and services at Southeast Health. Um, And we do that through a variety of ways, through special events, through um, corporate giving, through grants, through personal gifts, just in a variety of ways. So I just kind of cultivate relationships and find out if people are interested in supporting healthcare in our community, which is extremely important now, probably more than ever. Um, because of all the changes in healthcare we've had, and then um, try to you know create some some common ground there and um, and garner support that way from corporations, businesses, uh, grants, like I said, or or whatever. And I'm sure the hospital's been super busy with 
flu season and everything too, right? And coronavirus, and coronavirus. now. So, but of course, every hospital has yeah. to make take precautions, and we're following the CDC guidelines for that. So we have to just, like every hospital, take take all the precautions, mm-hmm. and you just do what you can do to help alleviate the. Um, incident of that or take all the precautionary measures you can and go from there so um, that's what we're doing again it's it's kind of dictated by cdc guidelines so that's what we're following and hopefully um, that will ultimately benefit the community and we can avoid that here i hope so i know a lot of us are hoping we're all of us are hoping that's for right that. we're all <laughs> acquiring new hand washing skills right yes <laughs> and clorox wipes literally anything hand sanitizer that's right and how long did you say that you've worked uh, at southeast health foundation for i have been there it will be it's been a little over nine years it'll be 10 years this december and you were saying there are some like special events that go on, fundraising events. Can you explain some of those? Sure. We do special events throughout the year, as most nonprofits do. Um, we just finished our biggest fundraiser of the year, which was our annual gala. We had it for the second year in a row at Aero One Aviation, which is a private airplane hangar out at Aero One um, near the airport. Um, it's a really unique venue, to say the least, but it's something that had been done in other larger cities. We decided to give it a shot here, and graciously, the folks out at uh, Era One, Chris Dupree, Scott Capehart, the general manager, they allowed us to do it there. So you're building a venue basically from the ground up in terms of decorations, the catering, renting the nice bathrooms, all of that. So... Um, we had the fundraising, the evening of fundraising there, live and silent auction, fund a need, just all that goes with. We had aerial in- entertainers, um, women walking around on stilts. It was just, it was quite a spectacle. So, um, but it was a very successful evening for the second year in a row. That's good. Are you going to have it for a third year, do you know, or is it too soon to tell? Uh, probably too soon to tell right at this moment, but hopefully we'll have that information soon. That sounds like such a cool event, too. It, it really was. It's really something unique. You know, um, in fundraising, you really have to kind of switch it up all the time. If you do the same thing over and over again, it becomes kind of stale. Mm-hmm. So we decided to do try that last year, and it was very successful. And so we did it again this year, and you always have to kind of uh, raise the bar, so to speak. And so we felt like we did that this year. We had a great live and silent auction and some great items donated. And we're so grateful to people in this community who are so very generous to donate those items in the first place. So that's that's what makes it successful. Did you have to, were you one of the ones that planned the event too? Oh yes, the whole team plans the event. We help execute the event. It's a... It is a work, just that weekend is about, you know, uh, it's all day, half the night kind of work. It's hard work physically. So, you know, you're renting tables and chairs and doing all those kinds of things. But but it's worth it in the end because the overall goal is to raise money for um, programs and services at Southeast Health. And for the last couple of years, we've been able to um, break our own record, so to speak. And this year we raised over $200,000 ultimately. that is amazing. Yes. Uh That is huge. A lot of people don't realize like how hard it is to plan an event. I used to do that in my old job. 
and you're preparing like months on end oh, leading yes. up to this event. Almost. We're already talking about next yep. year, if That's that gives you an idea. <laughs> and and you already start planning the moment that event is over, especially mm-hmm. one of that scale. We had more than 300 people there. Um, so you already start talking about next year. And it does. It really does take that long. It's not something you can throw together. But we did the gala, so I don't want to skip over our other events. So we also do Champions of Hope, which people may be familiar with as well that's every october and we've done that traditionally during october in recognition of breast cancer awareness month in the last couple of years we made a decision to transition to include all cancers so there is still a focus on breast cancer but we wanted to be inclusive of all people with cancer because cancer has touched almost everyone's life without exception and so almost all of us have a story with a family member or close friend or acquaintance who has fought the battle of cancer or um, been a victim of cancer or what have you so uh, we try to include all of those and that's the third Saturday of every October we do a walk and a run and raise money for our cancer services at Southeast Health. One of the most important things for people to remember about Southeast Health Foundation, if you were to become a donor or partner with us in any way, is to know that 100% of the money you donate to us goes to the area that you direct. In other words, if you give me $10, $100, or $10,000, and you say you want it to go to our cancer services, our NICU, um, any variety of things, then every bit of that money goes there. Um, And the bottom line is for events and everything we do, all of that money stays local. We are not a national fundraising organization, so none of that money is going up the pipeline, so to speak, to support any, you know, high executive salary or that sort of thing. So that is something that very few nonprofits can say. That's amazing. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just directly local. That's right. It all stays right here. Um, And so when you're whether you're participating in Champions of Hope or purchasing an item through the silent or live auction at the gala, um, it's great to know that you're supporting perhaps a patient in our hospital, and it could be somebody you know. It could be a neighbor. That's right. A friend, a neighbor, a family member, yourself. You know, cancer services is something that, again, all of us can relate to. And so because of the money we've raised in the past passed through Champions of Hope, we recently were able to do a a renovation of our cancer services department. And unfortunately, the need for cancer treatment is not going down. It's going up. So we went from being able to have 11 infusion infusion suites, so to speak, up to 21. And um, it's very nice. It provides for more privacy of caregiver can sit with that patient at the same time a family member what have you which we weren't able to do before so that's the kind of thing that our money is used for and my mom had breast cancer so i can definitely relate to all that exactly my father uh died of cancer so about uh several years ago so again all of us know someone Mm, who at least one person that's right at least one if not a lot more well i feel like with breast cancer too because when my mom got it a few years ago so many people have gotten I feel I felt like I was an epidemic at one point that's right because everyone well not everyone but a lot of females who are over 40 Mm -hmm. 
their mammograms were coming back with something mm-hmm. like a lump or something. And now it's not unusual to hear about young women yep. in their 30s, you know, who have been diagnosed with breast cancer. And mm-hmm. um, it's frightening. It's something we have to pay attention to. But there are all kinds of cancer that are prevalent, you know, mm-hmm. lung, uh, prostate cancer. Uh, you hear about pancreatic cancer. I mean, so again it's something all of us can relate to so it's nice to know as a donor whether you're an individual or a business corporation whatever that that money is staying here local to support our local cancer patients in the community that's right that yes and are there any other fundraising events or is it i know Fundraising obviously takes a lot, so those right. are two huge events. Well, those are the two biggest events. We also do one um, that's coming up this fall as well in September. It was in spring last year, but we moved some dates around for a variety of reasons. But we have a relatively new event called Power the Purse, and this is primarily for women. And we do a live and silent auction of handbags because almost purses. every woman <laughs> loves her handbags. And and so we have both the, the very high-end name brands all the way down to a boutique, something special, unique. We we ask um, local stores and boutiques for a donation, you know, if they're willing. And we do the live and silent auction. And last year we played bingo for a Louis Vuitton, actually. And that was a big hit. So that's an evening event now um, at Windmill Station. It's coming up September 10th. And so it's usually kind of a fun girls' night out activity and we raise money during that and and then a women's group that um that i help steward uh picks annually a a one project in the hospital to help fund so that money goes into that fund as well and that purse event that you mentioned Um, Do you have to buy tickets to be a part of that? You do. You purchase tickets early on or call and make reservations and that sort of thing. So we'll be getting information out about that um, probably in early summer at least so people can get it on their calendar. It's September 10th if you want to go ahead and mark your calendar. (laughs) I'm going to because that sounds right on my alley. Yes, we'd love to have you. Is there a website that people can go to to see like all these events and the details? Absolutely. They can are free to visit our website. website southeasthealthfoundation.org and the event information should be on there there's contact information there's information just in general about what the foundation does um, and just a lot of opportunities to partner with us in a lot of different ways I mean our foundation has been able to provide support for um, like I said the NICU beds the purchase of these really specialized beds for premature babies and our NICU before those babies were had to be transported to Birmingham or Pensacola or elsewhere now babies as tiny as two pounds can stay right here and get the treatment they need as long as they don't have a heart issue or require surgery and that helps in so many ways because it keeps the parents and family together and they're able to stay here and not have to go to Birmingham and go to that expense but one of the things we were able to raise money for through the recent gala was a program we have that is solely funded by the foundation and it's called SANE for short but it stands for sexual assault nurse examiner and what that program is about helping sexual assault victims in this area and it it helps provide the financial support to allow 
um, current RNs who are interested to get additional training to become a sexual assault nurse examiner. They get um, highly specialized training to deal with sexual assault victims, which is extremely important in providing emotional support for those victims, but also in gathering forensic evidence if if needed. And that forensic evidence is often the only way you're going to get a successful uh, conviction if you're able to prosecute. Um, but it also provides that emotional support. It, it's an actual hope center in our hospital where the, the victim is not forced to sit in the ER with people who are suffering from a cold or the flu or a broken bone. They are taken to this um, specialized room and um, helped through those specialized nurses. So it costs money to train those nurses. It costs money to keep that center open 24-7. And it is so critical because we are the only hospital in the entire Southeast region who has a program like this. Otherwise, you go into a hospital and sit in the ER. Um, And most um, hospital ER doctors and nurses simply don't have the training to deal with this kind of situation. So we're the only one in this area. The closest one, I believe, is Montgomery. Um, and the foundation provides all of the funding for this program. Um, at the gala, we were able to do what's called a fund-a-need um, piece in the gala during the, the live auction. And those in attendance um, donated. We were able to raise almost $70,000 to go towards this program. It is very impactful and an extremely important program for people in this area. And everyone tends to think about women. It's not just women. It's men as well. So um, that's one of the areas. And, and that's a program people can support, um, too. It doesn't have to be done through a special event Um you know, if someone's interested, someone's listening to this, they want to know more about the program, they can certainly reach out to us. And, um, you know, we'd love to hear from, from them. So. Well, it's so good that they don't have to sit in the ER because they're already traumatized enough. Absolutely. And I'm sure they don't want to be around people. They kind of want their own space with their own support exactly. system, too. So that's amazing that you guys offer that. Well, and oftentimes a police officer can be with them mm-hmm. if the police have been called. So, um, you know, there's just uh, that awkwardness and embarrassment. And, and uh, as you said, they're traumatized. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the healthcare system doesn't need to further traumatize them. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're hoping that we can prevent is they come in to, you know, the SANE or to the Hope Center with SANE nurses, we call them for short, and are able to receive some immediate care, some counseling, some emotional support, and then even long after receive some emotional support as well and just be um, put in touch with some of the other resources that we have here in Dothan that can help them as well. And if people want to donate, mm-hmm. um, can they go on the website and donate? Or what's you, the easiest way? You can donate online. You can certainly do that. Again, you just go to southeasthealthfoundation.org. Um Our contact number is there. I believe all of us who are on the team have our emails on there. If not, it's pretty easy to find. And 
but you can call that number and ask for me or any other team member there as well can help you if you're interested in finding out more about how to donate. It can be done in any variety of ways. And people always think it's just straight cash money. We've had people donate pieces of property <laughs> that we, of course, would turn around and, and, and sell life insurance policies, transfer of stocks, um, all kinds of things like that that have some kind of value that we can then use to help those programs. I always forget that like property and stuff like that you That's can donate right. as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Options are endless. And then if someone wants to volunteer for some of these events that are upcoming, can they do that too? Absolutely. And just go onto that website again and look at the events. You can reach out to us. Oftentimes we'll have a volunteer, um, a place where volunteers can click on and sign up through that process. And then we'll reach out to you if you provide us your information. So, yes, we're always looking for volunteers. And there's occasions where we need volunteers who actually are willing to come into our office and provide help in administration ways or it may be something as mundane as stuffing envelopes or uh, making up goodie bags or there is we do all kinds of things there so um, if if you're looking for something to do it's very likely that we have something that we can we can keep you busy with <laughs> That's right. I always like volunteering because you can meet so many different people yes. too mm-hmm. and learn something new as well that's right the day of events is always important and of course always the the, the time when most people you know uh, go off is after the event when the cleanup begins oh, yeah. <laughs> the, hard the hardest part, part. <laughs> that's right but it's all you know something we need from volunteers we couldn't do it without volunteers this year at the gala I think we had Oh, wow. Way over 50 volunteers. And it just doesn't happen without volunteers because there's there are only five of us on staff. Just five of us could not pull this off. No. (laughs) So we had to do events for um, like a Fourth of July event. And I remember like it's all fun. And then after that, the pickup was that's right. Worst part, because you're there. Like till like one, two a.m. Just trying That's to get right. things done after being there mm-hmm. all day long. So when you're the so most tired, there's yeah. a lot to get done. So yes, but I feel like you're more efficient too because you're like, I just want to go home and go to bed. <laughs> so like mind is on that like mind zone. So. That's right. <laughs> and you're obviously involved with the community a lot. And I know you mentioned this earlier on. So how else are you involved with the community? Well, right now this um, really does the job takes a lot of time, but I, I'm also involved in um, the local Rotary Club, the, the Monday Rotary Club. So I'm involved in that. I'm a member of a couple of other social organizations here in Dothan. Um, other than that, uh, there's there's not a lot of other time. I spend my weekends trying to just, you know, relax, and relax <laughs> and unwind and get things done on the home front. So um, my husband and I enjoy the beach an awful lot. So we head that way a lot of times. But um, um, the the great thing about this job at the foundation is it does keep me involved in a lot of community activities and kind of keep me plugged into things that are happening around town and and makes you feel like we were saying it may be a lot of work and that sort of thing but but at the end of the day it's very fulfilling it's for such a good cause too. right when you first moved to dothan how did you like meet people and get involved Actually, um, when I moved to Dothan, I had, you know, for a long time, such a bizarre schedule. And, um, 
you know, with young children, I stayed pretty busy mm-hmm. with them. So it was through my church at First Methodist, uh, First United Methodist. And then when my schedule um, went to, I was working nights uh, because of the news. And so in the mornings, I was able to play tennis. I decided to start taking tennis lessons and started playing tennis and um, met a ton of women through tennis. And many of those women are still very, very close friends of mine. So it was through tennis and that sort of thing. So I used to play tennis. Oh, really? High school. Yeah, I used to love tennis. (laughs) I haven't played in like 10 years. I didn't pick it up till (laughs) I was mid 30s so but it's um, such like a relaxing sport though it I is feel like. it's, it's a lot of like fun golf. yeah it is it's a lot of fun so that's where I met many of my friends but you know just through different organizations too I've met so many people and um, Dothan's an easy place to meet people everybody's mm-hmm. so friendly I here, agree so yeah I met a lot of my good friends through kickball just playing kickball on one of their local clubs they have in the wire grass, right so. I've heard of that mm-hmm. yeah that's you just neat. have to find things you're interested in that's right I mean, it's mm-hmm. not like you just walk out the door and you're gonna become instant best friends no matter where you are you just have you have to find people that's so. right yeah you can't sit at home and wait <laughs> no. on it you have to get out and get involved mm-hmm. and find things to do and there's a lot to do in Dothan and I hear people all the time say oh there's nothing to do in Dothan but they're there actually is quite a bit to do in Dothan if you're looking. I mean, Sea Act is wonderful. So I try to go to those. I mean, there's just, you know, the art museum does things. Mm-hmm. The downtown is good about doing things. The plants doing concerts. So there are things that are going on here that certainly weren't here when I moved to Dothan. You did not want to go downtown Dothan. <laughs> yeah. But since I've only been here for almost a year now, and there's already been so much growing within just that past right, year. Right, right. And then the plant I just found out is only a few years old that's right it's all yeah just a few years yeah yeah it's very new and just the downtown area like there were one or two stores downtown when I moved here and you really didn't venture down there (laughs) I worked down there but you that's about all you did it's it's constantly growing which is nice to see it's always good it's good to see young people making things happen too yeah and then one last question because you may have already answered this with tennis but Tell us a fun fact about yourself. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, tennis, and I kind of touched on it, but the beach. Mm-hmm. The beach is just my happy place, as people I say. Too. Yeah, it is my favorite place to go. It's the one place I can go and just completely exhale. And, and you feel like you're on vacation. That's too. right, and wind down. And we're so fortunate here in Dothan to have a beach as beautiful mm-hmm. as the one we have um, that is you know what two hours from here you can be there within two hours easy and um, so we're so fortunate to have that in such close proximity so many people travel you know hours and hours to get to a a place like that so we're very lucky but that's that's my favorite place to do and the other fun fact is I'm a an SEC football fanatic. So oh, you are? Yes. I never would have guessed that. <laughs> Love football season, especially um, watching Alabama play. I went to school there, so, you know. But roll I, Tide. I, yes, Roll Tide. <laughs> but I love... I love to watch all the SEC teams, so um, it's just 
a fun thing to do. I'm getting into football more, too, because when I, I moved from Michigan, yeah. they were huge on college football, too. So yes. I'm getting used to all that type of it's stuff. It's just fun. It's yeah. a fun reason to get together and, you know. Meet new people that way, too. Meet new people and cook something wonderful to eat and just be outdoors. And it's 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 just a fun time. Love the weather here, too. Yeah. Minus the hurricanes and tornadoes. That's true, I'm but sure. But there's no snow, so I'll yeah. take that. A lot different from Michigan. Yes, yes we're so spoiled here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I have, unless there's anything else you want to add. I can't think of anything. It's been great talking to you. I appreciate the opportunity to come on here and share about the Southeast Health Foundation and the things that are happening there. And at Southeast Health, we're... Um, headed in the right direction, as they say. <laughs> and um, if anybody has any questions, I would love to to help answer them. Be happy to talk to anyone. Well, thank you so much. I know you have such a busy schedule, and especially with the gala, that was a few weeks ago. So thank you so much for taking time out for me to interview you today. No problem at all, Bethany. Thank you. We have a brand new podcast. It's all about weather and everything you need to know about it. It is called Wiregrass Weather Chat. Chad and Skipper, the hosts of the podcast, they will dive deeper into weather to explain more about it. Because you know in the Wiregrass area, we deal with hurricanes, tornadoes, severe thunderstorms, and so much more. On their latest episode, they talk about tornado myths and also talked about how families can have their own tornado drill at home. You can download their podcast for free at Google Play Store or Apple Podcasts. And you can listen at 955WTVY.com. Tune in next week. I'll be interviewing Peter Wong, who helps out with House of Ruth and does so much more in the community. If you would like to be featured on my podcast, send me an email at bethany at trpdothan.com. Thank you for listening to episode 38 of Welcome to the Wiregrass, brought to you by the Radio People.